Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The squire of 79 Wistful Vista and his neighbor Gildersleeve are typical red-blooded Americans. They love all kinds of sports and exercise. For instance, here we meet these two sportsmen in an atmosphere of tense excitement, with masculine violence boiling just beneath the surface as they match their skill and wits in a battle for supremacy. It's your move, Gildersleeve. Yes, I know. Oh, my, it's nice to see you two boys playing checkers peacefully together instead of fighting and bickering. Yes. (laughs) Well, I'm a peace-loving man, Mrs. McGee. And if my little chum and I can't get along together like any good friends, I'd... Here, here, what are you doing, McGee? What does it look like I'm doing? I'm jumping three of your men. Thereby winning the game. (laughs) No, wait a minute, McGee. You missed two squares. Why, I never know such a thing. You did, too. I saw you. You moved from here to here to here. I did not. I moved from here to here to here to here. Didn't I, Molly? I'm sorry. I wasn't looking. But I know McGee wouldn't cheat, Mr. Gildersleeve. I wish I was as sure of that as you are, Mr. Now you wait a minute, Throckmorton. You, you cad. Who's a cad? You're a cad. No, on second thought, you ain't a cad. You're only a flipper. A broken down Model T flipper. Is that so? Yes, that's Why are you indeterminate, little sand flea? Anybody that would cheat a checker. Don't you accuse me of cheating, you tub-tummy ton of toggin' flirm. Why, you little... What's toggin' flirm? <laughs> That's the bait they use to catch renifers. Uh, what are renifers? What are renifers? What's the matter with you? Don't you know anything? By George, I'm going home. I refuse to play checkers with any bull-headed little beetle brain like you, McGee. Okay, you big baby. Take your coaster wagon and go crying home to Mama. You can't take it. That's what's the matter with you. Well, maybe I can't take it, but I can ladle it out, McGee. (laughs) One more insulting remark from you, and I'll beat your brains out. If I can borrow a feather duster. (laughs) You'll beat my brains out. Why, you hollow-headed hippo, you couldn't poke your way out of a hairnet. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Give me that checkerboard. Oh, but Molly, we, we, we can't quit now. We're, we're tied seven and seven. Oh, let us play just one more game, Mrs. McGee. We'll be quiet, won't we, little chum? <laughs> we were just kidding. Well... All right, then. Just one more game. Oh, that's fine. (laughs) And after this, I'll keep my eye on you, chum. Well, that's a... What do you mean? What for? So you won't cheat. Oh, so you still claim I cheated, do you? Now you listen to me, you overstuffed... Be quiet, quiet, the both of you. 
And give me that checkerboard again. McGee, go upstairs and put on a clean shirt for dinner. And you, Mr. Gildersleeve. Yes? Go home. (laughs) Oh, Mrs. McGee. Go home! (laughs) Gee whiz, I didn't... You heard what the lady says, Gildersleeve. Scram! I'll not have my home turned into a... into a... Oh, well, I won't have it turned into. <laughs> I might have known this peace and quiet wouldn't last. Good night, Mr. Gildersleeve. Well, good night. Good night, little chum. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Molly, we wasn't... Hey, what you doing? I'm wrapping this checkerboard up. Give me a piece of string. What you wrapping it up for? I'm going to give it away. Oh, now, wait a minute. Just because Gildersleeve and me get into a little argument now and then, shucks, that does us good. I know that. Well, then what's your idea? If it does two fighting men that much good, think what it will do for the army. (laughs) The army? What's the army? Sure, I read in the paper where the boys in camp are short on games and books and magazines. So I'm going to send them this checkerboard, thus helping the war department out there. And peace department out here. <laughs> you still object, dearie? Well, no, I guess not. But but don't don't send the checkerboards. Uh, send, send them the Parcheesi outfit. <laughs> oh, I doubt if them dice would be used for Parcheesi. <laughs> Why don't you send that cribbage board of yours? You can't use it anymore. Why not? It's full of holes. Mm, termites. <laughs> Look, dearie, while we're at it, let's send a lot of things. They need books and magazines, too. That's a great idea, Molly. This house is getting all cluttered up with books anyway. Must be a half a dozen around here. <laughs> Look, McGee, I've got a great idea. Huh? Let's go see all our friends and collect a lot of games and books and magazines and send them to camp. Yeah, that's a swell idea, Molly, but look, please don't send my checkerboard. I and Gildersleeve are tied seven and seven. We've got to play it off to see oh, who's champion. Oh, go on. Draw pennies or pitch straws for it. Now, come on. We'll call on everybody we know and get them to donate games and books. You, you're still going to send my checkerboard? Definitely. Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give up my ping-pong set instead. I'll throw in my wood-burning outfit, my model airplane kit, and the ship I'm building in the bottle. No, we'll just send the checkerboard and the ping-pong. Incidentally, you know how ping-pong got its name? No. It was invented by two Chinese fellas, Fui Ping and Charlie Pong. (laughs) Why, how interesting. You still going to send my checkerboard? (laughs) Yes, and uh, go get the ping-pong set. You know where it is. Sure. Where? Right here in the hall closet. Straighten out that closet one of these days. Isn't it wonderful how everybody is cooperating on this thing, dearie? Yep. Heavenly days, we must have a half a ton of books and games and magazines promised already. Yep, they'll never miss my checkerboard now. So let's keep it, and I can play off the championship with Gildersleeve. Now, now, now. I thought we had that all settled. 
The checkerboard is going. Well, shucks, I don't know why you got to send my favorite stuff. You'd have sent my easy chair to the Army, too, if it hadn't had flat feet. Oh, for goodness sakes, anybody think your life depended on one measly little checker game? Mine don't, but Gildersleeves does. <laughs> It'll kill him if I win. <laughs> hey, here's Nick Topopoulos' house. Let's see what he can give us. If he offers... Well, for scream's sakes, President Cupy, this is an unexpected pleasure. What's roasting? Huh? He means what's cooking, dearie. Oh. Look, Mr. DePopolis, we're collecting games and books and magazines for the boys in camp. Now, what have you got that we can have? Hmm. Well, I don't think we have any games, Cupy, unless you can use some jigglesaw poodles. <laughs> Oh, jigsaw puzzles are swell, Nick. Uh, how about books and magazines, though? Now you are beginning to talk sense with something to it. Oh. I am having a superfluity of books, and I'm happy to get rid of them. Oh, well, thanks, Mr. DePopolis. Send them over to our house, and we'll have a truck ready to take them out to camp. Yeah, why are you so glad to get rid of them, though, Nicholas? Oh, they're too hard on my eyes, Fizzer. Oh. oh, you read a lot, Mr. DePopolis? I don't read at all, Cupid. But my kids are always playing catch with them and hitting me in the face. <laughs> Yesterday, I'm getting smacked with Gone with the Wind, and for ten minutes, I'm hearing for who the bells are ringing. <laughs> well, I'll send them over. Thank you. Now, get a load of the brass knocker, Molly. You think anybody as well off as Uppington could afford a doorbell? <laughs> She probably thinks the quaint old knocker expresses her personality, McGee. You mean she has a need for a knocker because she's knock-kneed? <laughs> Don't you get it? I says she uh, has... Ah, taint funny, McGee. <laughs> she would be in a bathing suit. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Duffington? Oh, how do you do, Mr. McGee? And Mr. McGee? Good afternoon, Uppy. Where's your butler? Oh, you mean Snathers? Oh, I lost him last Saturday. Oh, oh mm. that's too bad. You know, he always interested me in a strange way. How was that, Molly? Well, he had an expression on his face that reminded me of, uh, of, uh, well, I don't know exactly, but there was a look in his eye that, uh, uh, well, did you ever clean fish? <laughs> Where'd you happen to lose the old frozen puss, Uppy? Well, <laughs> uh, it was all very strange. Of course, eh? Yes, he was serving dinner, and the radio was broadcasting the Kentucky Derby, oh, the and after Whirlaway had run the race, mm -hmm. Snathers picked up the strawberry shortcake, danced around a bit, and then said, Here, old girl, wear this for a mask. <laughs> and... And you know, the first thing I knew, I was. <laughs> he smacked you with it. <laughs> yes. Oh, dear. Well, I don't blame you for firing him, Abigail. Oh, but I didn't, my dear. He just quit. Oh, oh I wish there was some way to get him back. You mean to stand there with your velvet neckband full of Adam's apple and tell me <laughs> you want that guy back? Why, of course I do, Mr. McGee. Well, I don't understand it either, Mrs. Uppington. Why? 
Why, because through him I found how wonderful crushed strawberries and whipped cream are for the complexion. Oh. <laughs> I give up. Come on, Molly, let's Oh, go. just a second, dear. You forgot what we came for. Oh, yes. The magazines for the boys in camp, remember? Yes. Oh, yes, of course. I have them right here, all ready for you. Oh, well, how did you know about it, Abigail? Oh, you told Mr. Gildersleeve, and he told his wife, and she mentioned it to the grocer. And he is strictly a guy who tells everybody everything. <laughs> oh, boy, take a squint at these magazines, Molly. Nasty Confessions, Fantastic Mechanics, Bloodthirsty Heartthrobs, True House Detective Stories, Curvy Cutie Cartoons. Why, Abigail, I never knew you read this type of literature. Me? Well, really, Mrs. McGee. These belong to the servants. Oh. I consider myself insulted. Well. And you'd realize that if you ever read these magazines from cover to cover, as I always do. I... Oh, what am I saying? What we want is games and books and magazines for the boys in camp. Yes, they're a little short of recreational supplies, Mr. Wilcox. I see. Well, I've got a croquet set that's hardly been used. No, you don't get the idea, Harlow. Not, nothing elaborate, elaborate like that. Just, just small stuff. Haven't you anything you can hold on your lap? Well, my secretary, Miss Clegg... Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Wilcox. Well, now, wait a minute. You wait a minute. I was going to say, my secretary, Miss Clegg, will go through my house and see what she can find. Oh. And you say you want a lot of books and magazines, too? That's the idea, Mr. Wilcox. Just send them over to our house and thank you very much. Oh, not at all. I was in the Army myself, and I know how it is. Oh, what, what was you in the Army, Wilcox? Well, <laughs> most of the time I was on kitchen police. As a matter of fact, I still am. Really? Uh, folks, I'm sorry. I, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> Science has never discovered any way to keep flies out of the cream pitcher, moths out of bathing suits, and Wilcox out of sales talk. <laughs> but we can dream, can't we? Okay, Wilcox, I'll go along with you. How come you're still on kitchen police? <laughs> Why, that's simple. I'm responsible for arresting the wear and tear and the cracking and warping of linoleum. Oh. But I don't use a nightstick and a revolver. I arrest them with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, the marvelous polish that shines as it dries. Personally, I think that's very interesting. Go on, Mr. Wilcox. My pal. Try and stop it. <laughs> Why, look, with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, linoleum will last much, much longer. It'll retain the original beauty of pattern and color and save hours of tedious scrubbing. Glow coat requires no, <clears throat> no rubbing and no buffing. It shines itself in 20 minutes or less after applying. And you'll love the new feeling of cleanliness it gives your home. And as an old kitchen policeman, I can assure you that grime doesn't pay. Oh. oh. Wilcox, if I had your enthusiasm and you had my brains, we wouldn't be working for the Johnson Wax people. We wouldn't? No, we'd be the Johnson Wax oh. people. Come on. Rounding up books and magazines and games to send out to the army camp. Now, have you got anything for us? 
Well, now, I would just love to help you out, Mrs. McGee. <laughs> but I wouldn't dare give anything away without consulting my wife. Well, go ahead and consult her, Wimple. Oh, I couldn't disturb her now, Mr. McGee. She's taking her music lessons. Oh. Does she sing, Mr. Wimple? No, she plays the... Well, wait. I'll open the door to the music room just a fraction, and we'll see her in action. Talented, don't you think? <laughs> well, she certainly got what it takes. Yes, indeed. Now, if somebody would only take what she's got and throw it away, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'd get a little peace and quiet around here. Have you uh, protested, Mr. Wimple? Oh, many times, Mrs. McGee. I often say to her, Cornelia, I say, why don't you give up those drums and go back to your other hobby? What was her other hobby? Lion taming. <laughs> Heavenly days, lion taming. Yes, she uses our kitchen chairs, too. They're all scarred up with teeth marks. Oh. Believe me, that varnish tastes terrible. <laughs> My goodness, I, I don't know why I'm getting so personal. I'll send over whatever I can, Mrs. McGee. Well, thank you, Mr. Wimple. Oh, not at all. The boys in camp will sure appreciate it, Wimple. And I speak as one who knows. Old army man myself, you know. I belong to the home guard once. Oh. But my wife doesn't like me to have a gun around the house. Oh. She says I might accidentally shoot her sometime. <laughs> That woman is positively uncanny. <laughs> but, Mr. McGee, what were you in the Army? I was cook of Company C, Wallace, just like my father was before me. Son of a sea cook, McGee, I was known as. <laughs> Son of a sea cook, McGee, celebrated in story and song as the super supervisor of the soup stove, the skillful scientific Samson of the sizzling steak skillet, and the snappy sergeant of the spud skinning squad, smooth as silk at supplying a seafood spree by subdividing a sardine into sufficient servants to satisfy six or seven small soldiers, smart as a city slicker at switching skinny shrimps into sleek and strong supermen by stuffing same with sausages, sandwiches, and similar succulent snacks, a Sturdy citizen at stock and stomach swimple, but let's hear the king's men singing something simple. Here, load these books in the truck, McGee. Load them in yourself, Gildersleeve. I'm but is he? Why, you're not either, McGee. Huh? Mr. Gildersleeve and I have done almost all the work. Okay, uh, okay. Hey, give me a hand with this ping-pong outfit, Gildersleeve. Uh, certainly, Chum. You take the table and I'll take the balls and rackets. <laughs> Come on, now, boys. Let's hurry and get... Hello, kids. What's cooking? Oh, hi, old-timer. We're loading all these books and magazines and games and stuff into the truck. We're taking them to the soldiers. By the way, McGee, 
Uh, do you know the way out there to the camp? No, not exactly. Hey, old-timer! Hey! Which is the best way to camp? Well, I always say the best way to camp is to pick out a piece of high ground near some running water, then pitch a tent... No, no! <laughs> no, which is the best way to the army camp? Hey! Oh, oh that! Well, uh, daughter, best way is to drive out of town any direction till you see a soldier standing beside the road. Then you go whichever way his thumb is pointing. See? <laughs> now, that's very intelligent, but I knew you could tell us, old-timer. You've got such a wise face. <laughs> <laughs> that's what everybody says, Johnny. It says I've got a lot of intelligence in my face for my age. <laughs> yes, you got a lot of age in it, too. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's your face that convinces me that a puss has nine lives. <laughs> That's pretty good, Throckmorton. But that ain't the way I hit it. <laughs> no, sir. The way I hit it, one feller says, tell a feller, say, says. You've been reading about that lady bullfighter down in Mexico? Yep, says tell the feller. Wonderful, ain't she? How'd she ever learn to dodge them wild animals? Dunno, says the first feller. But they say she used to be a cigarette girl in a nightclub. <laughs> get out of the way. Now, get out of the way while we finish loading this stuff, old It's timer. all loaded, McGee. Oh. It is. And a wonderful lot of stuff, too. Now, who's going to drive? I am. Oh, wait a minute, McGee. Who was it that borrowed this truck? Whose idea was it to collect this stuff? Mine. You want to drive, Molly? No. Okay, okay I'll drive. I'll settle it, kids. I'll drive. Well, Mom. fine. Let's get going. Get in, boys. Come on. Hey, not so fast, old-timer. Slow down. How do you do it? Yep. Why, take your foot off the accelerator. Where is it? Oh. <laughs> Heavenly days, didn't you ever drive a car before? No, but it's fun, ain't it? Oh. Yes, I'm the morale and recreation officer, Captain Gordon. Uh, you're Mr. McGee? No, thank goodness this is Mr. McGee. Oh. <laughs> and this is my wife, Molly Cap. How do you do, I'm sure. Delighted, Mrs. McGee. And I wish to express the appreciation of our whole camp for the trouble you've gone to to get these recreational <laughs> facilities together for us. Where shall we unload them, Cap? Well, the men are already starting to unload the truck, Mr. McGee. The recreation house is right next door. Uh, by the way, I didn't meet this gentleman. What gentleman? There ain't any... Yes. Oh, this guy. <laughs> this is Throckmorton P. Gildersleeve. Cap Gordon, Throcky. Uh, how do you do, sir? <clears throat> And thank you also, Mr. Gildermorton. You, uh, you don't know how much you people have contributed to the morale and well-being of our boys. A fine group of young men, and we have to see that they have fun, you know. Now, come on, Gildy. We better go help unload the stuff. Oh, oh yes. Uh, okay, McGee. Uh, see you later. Uh, certainly, certainly. Well, so you really think this was a good idea, do you, General? Splendid, Mrs. McGee, splendid, a great thought, but uh, <clears throat> don't call me general. I'm only a captain. Oh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, when McGee was in the Army, he was only a sergeant. You know, two stripes on his sleeve. Uh, two stripes is a corporal. 
It is? Why, he always said he was... Why, that little rascal in all these years, I believe... <laughs> well, come, Mrs. McGee. Let's go and see if the men have that truck unloaded, eh? All right. Well, that was fast work. The truck is empty. But where are McGee and Gildersleeve? I don't know. I, I say, my good fellow, did you see the two men who came with this truck? Sure did, Admiral. They went right in there. Said they had to finish up. Finish up? Oh, finish up on packing those things. Well, come on, Captain. Well, heavenly day. Okay, Gildersleeve, it's your move. Yeah, I know. <laughs> in just a moment. Ladies and gentlemen, while we had some fun with the idea of getting games and books and magazines together for the boys in camp, it is a good idea. They really need them, and they'll be glad to get them. They certainly do. So look around your house tonight and get a bundle of games and reading matter together for the boys. Just this is the time of year.